The following content has been rated extremely disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Hashtag Airbnb shame. We are having current guests cancel not because of the virus, but because they can now find cheaper accommodations and you're refunding 100% outside of our cancellation contract with both you and the guest. You're putting 100% of the burden on the hosts. Hashtag Airbnb shame. If your guest cancels, make them aware hosts don't get compensation from Airbnb. Ask your guest to complain on your behalf and complain yourself. Airbnb has no business model if they don't equally support both guests and hosts. I think Airbnb erroneously believes the proper person to fuck over is the host over the guest. The reality is many hosts actually do rely on the income from their Airbnbs to get by. Hashtag Airbnb shame. I just can't get over how bad it is. From articles, seems like they're more worried about corporate development activities than hosts. Their lack of communication, their leveraging of a situation to look good, their refunds and future credit points, their disregard for host cancellation arrangements, they are vulgar. <sighs> it's theft. like airbnb shame is like an old hashtag that just has embarrassing airbnb stories like <laughs> I, I went in and walked into the wrong room and it was pictures of clearly the owner doing horrible embarrassing things or whatever <laughs> i like the uh it's theft bit i'm like my my guest violated the nap by cancelling <laughs> sacred contract law was broken. I literally found one that said these cancellations are microaggressions but I honestly oh. thought it was too on the nose and no one would take it seriously. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there was another there was another tweet uh, saying sort of being anti-Airbnb or anti-landlord was being ableist. Oh yeah, because some oh, landlords yeah. are disabled and it's the only way they can make an income. Um, All right, guys, none of this is content. We need to actually do the open of a show because this shit, this ah, is too well. good to waste. Okay, okay, here we go. Uh, hello, and welcome to another episode, a self-quarantined episode of Podcasting as Practices, coming to you Live. from the internet. Um, <laughs> my name is... My name is... <laughs> my name is Rob, uh, and here tonight with me are James. Hello. Seb. Hello, welcome, and remain indoors. <laughs> it's 
Elijah. Hello, I'm hungover. <laughs> and Jamie. All right. So welcome to um, the end of the world where trillion dollar coins are being minted. Um, it turns out Tories are socialists or not. And, and all the pubs um, are closed. It's, and the pubs are closed. It's getting, so the British way of life is over. It's getting pretty fucking biblical. There's a locust swarm going through Africa because <laughs> the war in Yemen destroyed all the locust control they had in place there. Uh, Serbia just had, was it Serbia, I think? Just just had an, er, an, an earthquake or two. And last week they had yes. a fucking meteorite come down. Yes. And it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's all a bit hefty. I'm enjoying the fact that the closer we get to the end times, the truer The Simpsons is becoming. Because you know <laughs> someone named... No, no, hear me out on this. You know someone named Montgomery Burns is going to steal one of those trillion dollar coins. You know that's how it's going to go. <laughs> the trillion dollar coins. Can we go over that really quickly? Because I've only seen that posted once. And I think there's some ec- there's some economic fuckery with like what's actually being attempted with the trillion dollar coin that might be interesting if we could lay that out if anyone knows the, the I don't quite I think I know some... the basics of it. All right. So go. yeah, don't take this as 100% fact. But... <laughs> this is an expert podcast that <laughs> you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Um well it, it's just a proposed bill at this point anyway, but the it, it's a way of getting around the debt ceiling stuff that the US government has. So every couple of years cuz the you know the, the nominal debt amount keeps going up. Um and supposedly there's something in the the government structures or whatever that means they can't go into so much debt. But they do still retain the ability to create you know, coinage, legal coinage, which has yeah. legitimate value. So by trin- by making, not printing, but making um, like trillion dollar coins, that actually creates a huge amount of money that the government is then just free to spend. So yeah. Oh yeah, because they, they sell it to the Federal Reserve, right? And then the Federal Reserve just gives them a trillion US dollar for it. Yeah, yeah. It's all, you know, the usual central bank action of typing in, uh, well... Yeah. American billion, yeah. so yeah, nine zeros um, with like a two at the front or whatever, um, and then that appears, and then that's legitimate money that's not debt created. Uh, they don't need to do anything other than just start spending it. So if this sounds like some kind of fucking cargo cult treasury economics, <laughs> right? It's because it absolutely is. Because that debt ceiling, yes. that debt ceiling is only there as a construct because the Democrats and the Republicans have got hard-ons for austerity. That's the only reason that rule exists. There isn't actually a debt ceiling. There's no external thing saying that, oh, if you go with this much debt, you're bankrupt. It's just their own it's, rules they've is passed. Is it in the Constitution, though? No. Okay, I thought it was. The United Nations sends big Italian guys around your house with baseball bats and you have to repay <laughs> all the debt. Uh, My God, <laughs> right. I, I want to see the Sopranos crew like robbing those, uh, you know, um, trillion dollar platinum coins. If I want to see anyone <laughs> heisting those trillion dollar platinum coins, right? Because... It just, has a very high sort of Grand Theft Auto energy. It, it yeah. does, but I'd love to see it because, you know, the first half of the movie would be them pulling off a heist and it going flawlessly. And the last half of the movie would be them holding these coins and going, now what? What do we do with them? Where do we Where do we spend them? What do we... Oh, well, we can melt them down. If you melt them down, they're just platinum. Uh, I, mean, I mean, a lot of really, people It really are... drives... 
it yeah. really drives home the fact that all money is fictional. If they're, they're going to mint a single coin that's worth a million, a trillion dollars, and it's not like a mile wide. <laughs> wow, and sort of like <laughs> a big novelty check. Speaking of speaking of the Simpsons, you could use the trillion dollar coin to block out the sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! But here's yeah. the thing: the only reason the only reason they're actually doing this, the only reason they're actually doing this, is because essentially they don't want to admit that government debt spending isn't really debt. They, they don't want to do that. They don't want to get to the point where they admit that debt isn't really a thing at the government level and that actually no. the creation and destruction of monetary supply is very different from corporate or household debt. Because as soon as you do that, then people ask questions like, oh, hang on, so if you are telling me that all that matters is the amount of currency in circulation and the velocity of that circulation, and the government isn't really sitting there like accruing money by taxation and spending it by you know expenditure, what they're actually doing is regulating the amount of money in supply, and the me method for that regulation is taxation to destroy money and then government spending to create it, then why don't we just spend a bunch of money on work that actually needs done? Th this is what this is all about. The, the cargo cult is avoiding the fact that the government is not a household credit card. It really is that simple. Now that's extremely interesting, but I've just been thinking about the cast of The Sopranos discussing Fed action, and that's a lot funnier. <laughs> I can't do any accents, but thinking about Paulie or Big Pussy talking about um, repo action is just very, very amusing to me. <laughs> repo, repo what? Repo what now? Repo action! Like, I mean, come on, they're talking about it all the time on that, uh, that NSNBA or, or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many people do you know that, that, that vote conservative because we have to make some, you know, tough decisions with the economy and it's, it's you know, like, just like when you're, when you're out of work and you don't have that much money, yeah, you have to fucking, you know, tighten the belts and um, keep it going, but if you've ever tried to explain to someone that when a country prints money and then you have a very slight little inflation thing going on because you've got more money, but it's worth a little bit less, a tiny bit less, that's actually a good thing because then you can get investment. You can, you can borrow uh, from private entities that want a safe place like a nation state for their money to be in and they'll give you very, very, very good rates of return on that it's there's always a way to dig yourself out of you know printing money or borrowing too much or whatever countries can for all intents and purposes and a national economy can pretty much just have endless fucking money within a certain you know area but for the things that you need to have for the things that would make a functional society there is absolutely all the money you could ever fucking want you know to spend on normal things that would make everywhere a nice place to live and not some weird made-up country. No, and it's, I mean, it's really been, it's just astounding. I've, I've really sort of, you know, the rapid change, which with everybody who, you know, up to two weeks ago called themselves a, um, like a fiscal conservative or a budget hawk or mm -hmm. was in some way sort of engaged with the state can't spend money because the debt is a terrible thing, is out now just like shoveling money out the door like there's no tomorrow. And... 
it, it's because they're, terri- they're terrified the proles are going to rise up and murder them. It's the same people, the same people who, you know, were saying before, Corbin is the fucking devil. He's going to, he's going to guillotine us all in the middle of Hyde Park. Well, not quite, but like the people who are saying all this shit, right? By him, not us, on the other hand. Yeah, but but this is the thing. They're all now going, oh, you know, Corbynism without Corbyn is a bad idea. We need, we need to keep Corbyn in, in leader. And the reason they're kind of doing this, some of them are doing it just because they don't want anyone effective to come into labor and they've bought all the bullshit and all that kind of shit. But some yeah. of them are doing it because they've realised that Corbyn is actually the compromise position, that it's either Corbyn or it's guillotines, essentially. And the reason they're happy to spend all of this is they've realised that they're looking ahead and they're going, wait a minute, when all the deaths kick in and all the unemployment kicks in at the same time, yes. they're going to drag us into the street. they can't pay their rent anymore and they can't buy food anymore. You know, mm-hmm. this is the conversation that happened with my father a few days ago because he's still weirdly on like a dead trip. And I'm like... You do understand that once people can't pay their rent and can't buy shit at Tesco's anymore, like that's when things go south in an extreme hurry. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about deficit hawks for a second because um, there's two kinds of leadership examples that are emerging in this crisis, right? There's the responsible kind that says, holy fuck, we need to deal with this yesterday and let's implement actual income support and we'll make sure that people don't have to pay their rent and that they won't get evicted and they won't accrue debt at a time when the global economy is going fucking tits up and then there's the people who say well that's all fine i guess we need to do something for their income but could we means test it (laughs) well and there are other people who say well we can't do that because you know all this it's like well we can't do a quarantine society needs to keep going mm-hmm. because we need the economy i.e like if people don't do endless spending you know the, the modern economy is based on two things it's like endless consumer spending based on a pyramid of debt that's wobbly at the best of times yeah. and qe and the, you know we are finding out the limits of that model right right this very second yeah i mean do we really deserve our incomes to to be supported if we if we have to self isolate for the safety of the fucking planet. I mean the the what what really gets me is that okay great so some measures in the UK are in the right direction. The eighty percent of income cover is a good step. It, it, it's it's not doing what it needs to. But what I find very fucking funny is that it's about the same level as of policy as what the Democrats are are proposing. And the Democrats are being outshadowed in the US by Mitt fucking Romney of all people, who wants to give everyone just a just cut everyone a check for a thousand dollars a month. Right? Uh Trump wants to do checks for a thousand dollars a month. The Kamala Harris bill is eh, five hundred dollars for a household, two hundred and fifty dollars for a single person, and will means test it to make sure no one undeserving is really getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 I want, but it, I mean, people to be wary listening... of this because the Republicans are going to run to the left of Biden on economic issues. They are going to adopt a Strasserite position. They'll realize that they can offer free health care for just the whites, and they'll win every single fucking yes. state. Yeah, and yeah, the Democrats, yeah, yeah. if they don't pull their thumbs out of their assholes, and 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 if if they keep acting like the party of deficit hawks and means testing and responsible '90s centrist finance, they're going to become like the Whigs or the Lib Dems, an irrelevance at best, a figment of the imagination at worst. Yeah, I mean, there was a good, um, it was a good point made by um, 
Matt Chrisman on Chapo a bit earlier that essentially like both the, the, the essentially definitely the U.S. Democrats, but I think it also definitely holds for uh, the U.K. Labour Party or at least so many MEPs MPs is just they can't run to the right because that's already occupied, and it, it, they can't go left because if they go left, they have to say maybe Corbyn was right, maybe you know Sanders was right all along, which they have been, and they can't do that because that threatens their own position. Mm-hmm. So that may be why quite a lot of the leadership candidates have fallen silent, do you think? That they're obviously not keeping up with the modern day, you know, twists and turns of both COVID-19 and the latest Tory party announcements. Well, but Well, I, I think it's absolutely. And, yeah. uh, part, part of the issue, like in the UK, they're all falling quiet because they are out of their depth. It's just as simple as that. They, yep. they don't have the politicians. stones... Yeah, they don't have the stones to turn around and go look at socialism or barbarism and clearly everything is pointing towards socialism. They can't do that. They're out of their depth. They don't actually have the leadership chops to do that. Mm-hmm. In the States, however, it's a slightly different thing. In the States, it's because Joe Biden's brain is melting. Yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah. it, it really is not, that simple. They, they dosed him up on, I can only imagine the Chinese research chemicals they pumped into him for that Some debate. Some kind of very cool, like, platinum adrenochrome. Yeah, yeah, just something, like, they, they had to wear hazmat suits when they were hooking up the IV kind of thing. Oh, they, and they, so, they f- fucking went and digged up Dr. Feelgood out of the grave, and he gave him one of his JFK cocktails, you know, the fucking speedballs and shit. <laughs> the last time he was actually seen on camera... He just stared out at the end of his little kind of rambling oh, that thing. Was that, um, that live cast he did where he just sort of <laughs> stared off into space and like literally his wife had, had to be come, like, yeah, there, there, that, Was that the one where he now. walked off camera in yeah. the middle of it? No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, that was a different one. That was actually a different one. A different the first, one. Yeah, it was the first just one before was... Super Tuesday when the drugs began to kick in. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and the thing is, he's been on such a crash from that He's totally fucked. And so they're saying things like, oh, we're having technical issues doing this, doing these casts from home, which is total horseshit. The problem is they've realized, oh, no. No, 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 no. it was no, even the, better. The, the technical issues, they, they made it specific. <laughs> they said, we're having trouble doing uh, webcasts for Joe Biden because we can't because he's get... dead. No, 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 because we can't get the... We can't get the lighting to show Joe Biden's home in a nice way. Like, because he's dead. Excuse. <laughs> because he's dead and there's a giant fucking yeah. coffin yeah. in the middle of the home. He's in a funeral home. <laughs> they're, holding the, they're holding the Catholic wake in the home right now and the, the, the equipment just won't fit. No, it, like, I mean, this is a thing. He might, act, like, there's two, there's two possibilities. More likely possibility number one is he's just burnt out. Like, here's the thing. I, I was a carer for my elderly father for years. And when he got sick, or when he was on some pretty high, like, you know, serious medical, like, intervention. Afterwards, he'd just be gone. He'd, he would, like, for days, it, it, sometimes even longer when he was seriously ill, he'd just be completely gone. But he'd be, the lights would be on nobody would be home. And he'd slowly recover back out of that, which is something that happens when you get very close to kind of the end of your life. That sounds like um, exactly the kind of person who should be in charge of the most powerful country in the world. Exactly, right? Yep. The alternative is that he does actually have COVID-19 <laughs> and they're collectively losing their shit. But to be honest, I mean, I mean who knows? That would be the funniest fucking thing. Um... <laughs> I mean, he is a yeah, man I mean... who seems unable to not touch people. So the chances of getting <laughs> that transmission is very high. That is true. The, like, got COVID, the yeah, he walks around in public roughing up voters, for God's sake. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if, he's, if he's not snorting their hair, he's just like punching them in the head. It's, it's... He's definitely dead. <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's amazing. Like, he genuinely... Here's the thing, he's right? Let, let, well, actually, Jamie, here's the thing. Let's perform a thought experiment. 
Let's perform a thought experiment. What's the counterfactual? Biden is dead. He's alive. What would that currently look like? Hey. What What would that actually look like if Biden was dead? Yeah, what would the, what would the real difference be between him being shuffled off this mortar coil and just whatever the fuck he's doing? Because uh, the other room... We'd be the, seeing the other a lot series. more of Hillary. Is, is what well, we'd be no, be, she'd it's be not. back in as a candidate. <laughs> no, she's not. Um, it's looking like Andrew Cuomo. Am I saying his Cuomo. name right? Yeah. Cuomo. It's looking like he's going to yeah. be the the candidate because we're giving him a lot of profile right now. But here's the thing: like what I was getting at is, if Biden was dead right now, things would look pretty much like they do right now. Yeah. Because they'd be absolutely trying to avoid admitting it and trying to figure out a strategy and keep everything quiet while they do that. So, you know, it, like, Biden may not be dead, but as Jamie says, it's important to believe that he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very Nietzschean. <laughs> While we're on the subject of real country TM politics, um, one thing that's happened since we last spoke about it, I believe, um, it, it, I came up with a fun game. I'm going to say Elizabeth Warren tattoo, and you have to guess whether I'm talking about the face tattoo or the Holocaust tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to talk about both because they are magical. Yeah, I mean, someone someone got the the fucking hex color code for some piss shade that of green. Yeah, that awful minty green. It's the mint green color of the Statue of Liberty. That's like the the, the color theme of her whole campaign. All her weird like, cultist staffers use it as got, their profile pictures on Twitter. It's fucking weird. They got a they got a copy of that hex code written in Elizabeth Warren's handwriting, and then all decided that to get it tattooed on their um, forearms. Yeah, they, it, inside of their elbow. It's yeah. like. It, <laughs> <laughs> It looks like a fucking Auschwitz tattoo. Like yeah, it, is, it, it does. Absolutely. I am not a hex code. I am a human being. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like doing that, um, the two thousand, the, the the mint green profile. But that's so like two thousand Facebook two thousand and whatever it was when like we were all supposed to like make our profile pictures green for the Iranian Revolution or whatever it was. Like, Do you here's... remember that shite? I remember that, Shai, but also here's a joke for the graphic designers at home. Wouldn't you know that the hex code for Elizabeth Warren's green doesn't actually translate into printable space? That's, that's for like the one person who listens to this podcast and gets that joke. I'll enjoy that. Okay, cool. Cheers. <laughs> There's targeted content for you to whoever that person is. There was at least two people got the tattoo and posted photographs of it online. One is of them it definitely, definitely inspired by the Statue of Liberty? Yeah. The, well, yeah, one of them one of them doubled down, and then someone who hadn't posted any photographs of the tattoo got really pissy about people telling her what she could and couldn't do with her body, and was anyone criticising her even Jewish? Yeah, that was my favourite. Um, uh. And so I think she definitely got the tattoo, but didn't post it, but like realised the outcry before she posted any photos. Um, anyway, that, that all... That all rattled on for a couple of days, and then someone got a, f a tattoo on their face, yep. um, presumably as a heroic sacrifice to distract from the the uh, Holocaust tattoos. It is uh, the it was phrase something about, some, something about blood and teeth. That's the phrase. It's the tattoo is in massive old Germanic Gothic font. You know the one, the the, the sort of the late one with all the good associations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one with all the associations, the, the, the sort of late Weimar font, uh, I think it's called Fraktur. Um, but the phrase is blood and teeth, which is a pretty metal fucking phrase. Um, hmm. 
Yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, one word away from blood and soil. It's, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> that's going to be the currency in the new yeah, world. In yeah, a couple blood of weeks. and teeth. I mean, I've looked up the quote, and it's just a very it's it's um it's it's Warren talking to uh, the Huffington Post about consumer protection stuff, right? The the CFPA thing. And the quote is, my first choice is a strong consumer agency, the Harvard Law Professor and Federal Bailout Watchdog said in an interview with the Huffington Post. My second choice is no agency at all and plenty of blood and teeth left on the floor. I, I don't know what she means. Is she referring See, when to... You, when you're talking about American consumer protections, I assumed she was like, you know... Fighting for pe- for businesses' right to include blood and teeth, like, <laughs> and some kind of MMA fighter protection scheme. Like that's really unfair to America. You're not actually allowed to sell blood in America. Plasma, on the other hand, plasma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. dear. While we're on on the on the subject of of the realist country, um, I want to go briefly back to Andrew Cuomo because, yeah, as you said. Uh, James, he's sort of being bruited as a possible uh, sort of stand-in for the Weekend at Bernie show. So uh, who, the, who the fuck? Hang on. Sorry, Weekend at Biden thing. Uh, Andrew Cuomo is currently the governor of New York, and he's a, just a raging prick. Um, is he the is he the one that had like the the scandal where he was like sexting people with under some like stupid assumed name? No, no. that was yes, under the fake name of Anthony Weiner. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was him. No, he was he was sexting under the fake name Carlos Danger. Uh, it, was more than, it was more than one then, because the one I heard was like Enrique Shockwave or something like that. Yeah, he did it again. He got caught, and then he did it again a couple months later as Enrique Shockwave or something like that. Uh, like he went back to so uh, back to, to Simpsons Wave. reality with Max Power kind of pseudonyms. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this is Andrew Cuomo, um, uh, governor of New York. Uh, during the coronavirus in the last couple of weeks. Um, this is from an article by, uh, let's see, I think it's BuzzFeed. Um, but, so is, uh, he, is he the guy, why is, exec- is, is why he the, guy stop- that the cops in New York are at war with? No, that's the mayor. That's Bill de Blasio. How many people do you need something? to run New York? <laughs> but it's Surely a state it can't be that and a city. Well, you say uh, run. <laughs> All right, so this is a this this is a bit about um, uh, a board meeting of some I don't know some group of Wall Street cunts. Um, while executives pecked at salad and chicken during a board meeting of the Partnership for New York, uh, an industry group, Governor Andrew Cuomo appeared on the video screen. The governor governor presented how he got upstate prisoners making one hundred thousand gallons of hand sanitizer a week. Um, said Kathy Wilde, who runs the organization, and he asked the Wall Street bankers assembled if they'd like to take it public. They all laugh. So for anyone who's missing the context, by the way, just in case any of our listeners don't know this. Context, schmontext. In the United States, they made slavery illegal. Is this the slavery is legal if you're in prison thing? Yeah, yes. Yeah, that is the, ex- that is the explicit exception. If you are imprisoned in the United States, they, you're enslaved. That's just how it works. It is a, no, a no black joke and there, white. Just... No, it's it, it, it's it's a black and white explicit text in the slavery amendment. It's the Thirteenth Amendment. Isn't yeah, it? it says you cannot. I'm paraphrasing. It says you cannot be held in bond servitude yeah. and forced to labor against your will unless you are imprisoned for a crime. If you're imprisoned, you you can legally be enslaved. Basically, and now it's explicit. It, 
Yeah, and knowing that, suddenly all those Jim Crow laws and all the the anti-marijuana crimes and all the rest of it designed to lock up black people, particularly in New York, by the way, which has huge black incarceration, that should suddenly come into focus. Like, that should make sense now for anyone who doesn't know. And so here's Andrew Cuomo just fucking talking about how he is using slave labor, which is predominantly African-American, um, to produce hand sanitizer and getting a bunch of Wall Street ghouls to laugh about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that in a nutshell is, well, not even, that's not even a nutshell. Andrew Cuomo is one of the vilest human beings alive. Um, shall we return from, from one diseased country to uh, sacred Albion where all is well? <laughs> We've closed down the pubs. We're fighting for the soul of the country. If we're going to discuss coronavirus in the UK, I'm just going to have to start by saying the person I feel most sorry for is Michael Gove because his entire body is mucous membranes. <laughs> <laughs> like a good, it's funny you talk about returning, like, because um, a good, I don't know, 20% of that hand sanitizer gel is actually being exported to the Gove Family Foundation to fill Gove's tank for the duration of this. <laughs> It's been an extraordinary set of set of days where we've went where we've gone from um, nudging and herd immunity and all will be well keep shopping to oh oh Christ it's been a sight to see yeah I mean last night it was Saturday it was Boris Johnson telling everyone not to visit their mothers on Mother's Day because the U the, the NHS is about to collapse. And I haven't seen Sunday's press conference, but I can only assume he was on fire while he delivered it. Actually, like, sorry, I've got to defend Boris Johnson here. No, you don't. He's, wow. Yeah, I do. Sorry, right. I, I actually have to stand up on this one. Him telling people not to visit their mothers on Mother's Day is very pragmatic because he's looking ahead. He's telling people don't visit your mothers on Mother's Day because he sees coming down the barrel towards him, eventually it's going to be Father's Day. And fuck if he wants them all turning up at once. <laughs> There's an army of children outside. What? what? <laughs> there's, there's 25 of them. The Children's Crusade, but it's Boris Johnson's many, <laughs> many descendants searching for him. Just like, just like ISIS, you do not, un, un, under any circumstances, have to hand it to Boris Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I it's don't think a, it's been a good few weeks, though. I mean, like you know, the government has had absolutely no fucking clue what they're doing None. it's been transparently obvious to even the the dumbest motherfuckers in the land that they had no clue what they were doing and yet weirdly we've we've had a bunch of like absolute barrel scrapings lining up to tell us that we shouldn't question uh, yeah Johnson. i was gonna say the british, dumbest sci- people. british science is the best science in the world what do the world health organization know they're not the british health organization <laughs> <laughs> yeah who are these people the who did the world health organization ever have an empire i think not and we've had like an endless parade of absolute shit cunts just covering themselves in glory like Everyone's favourite scarecrow that just licked a car battery, Tim Martin, telling people <laughs> you couldn't catch coronavirus in a pub. Oh, God. Yeah, actually, the, the government couldn't even come up with a response to that. They they just sort of no, said... No, they were too frightened well, of I mean, Tim the only, Martin. The that. only real response to that would be to have him kidnapped and beaten. Well, they are the government. <laughs> and they're Boris Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I mean, surely we can extraordinary rendition Tim Martin. Like that can't be a problem. My um, my favorite was the BBC anchor asking the question: um, 
well, if London's about to get really bad with a lockdown, uh, should we be thinking about leaving London? Like, no, 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 no. That's the, the, the last thing you should be fucking doing. 10,000 people got wind of the shutdown in the north of Italy because it was leaked by a newspaper and they fled to, to, to the rest of the countries. And because Italians all live with their mothers, they fled straight home and infected all their fucking mothers. Yeah, it's a side note to this. Speaking of people who are fleeing, there's been a bunch of shit articles in the usual shit papers um, doing something like, oh, the what was it, the best bolt holes for the oh, uh, corona crisis uh, or something or other? Seriously? Leading people to... Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leading people to, like, pack up entire uh, uh, camper vans and stuff and um, drive all the way down to, like, these isolated uh, counties in, in, in Scotland and in Wales and stuff where you know now they're sitting there in their camper vans and and people have literally gone look this entire region has like one critical icu bed and now a hundred of you fuckers have shown up from london like why are you here what the hell are you doing this is the Mm. new culture war this is the celtic resistance against (laughs) the, the perfidious english disease spreader but no, I mean, for real, it's 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 really fucking dangerous. My partner's community, a tiny little village on the west coast of uh, Scotland, out in Argyll, they have preemptively shut down the camper park. Um, and they've like, every every hotel and sort of B&B is saying, no, we're full up, we're full up. There's no room here. Uh, well, yeah, our whole response to, sort of... to the outside has basically been a complete, complete mess because there's been no kind of sensible guidance or you know coordination to any of this like everyone's been going to the parks and just every outdoor space the national trust properties if you listen to boris johnson it's you know up to i think yesterday it was like restaurants should close people can consider not going for a walk Please yeah. don't, you know, I mean, that's, lick your relatives. That's to protect, like, the insurance industry. <laughs> this is this is the land of the free. I will lick my relatives if I want to. If he forces the <laughs> pubs to shut, then they have they have they can claim on their insurance. But if he just suggests strongly that they should shut, then they can't. The, I forget what it was, but one of the insurance bodies just said, like, no, this isn't covered by your standard business insurance anyway. So that, yeah, they're just yeah, flat yeah, out. Like, that. Nope, we're not well, holding the back. There's a, there's a wrinkle to that. There's, there's a twist to that, which is that actually they're saying, oh, this isn't covered by your standard business insurance anyway. What they, If they were being honest, they'd say, well, you should check your contract to see whether it's covered, right? Because yeah, actually, sure. a fair bit of insurance does cover this. Like, this, mm-hmm. is, this is the mind-melting part. A fair bit of insurance does cover this. But by telling business owners, oh, don't even bother, your insurance won't cover it, you, you get the you get what's going on there? It's, it's yeah. really cruel. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, um, I'm a member of a cooperative uh we own and run a bar music venue we shut down two weeks ago we had a chat we looked at italy we said this is going to happen here as well we need to start self-isolating as soon as possible because we have staff members who had some health issues we had some some uh, um partners of staff issues with with sorry partners of staff members with health issues um and so we decided to shut down straight away. And we got a bit of stick for it in, like, the local press. Um, and, of course, two weeks later, we're sitting here going, well, 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 well. Um, but we'll be fine. We have enough to cover payroll and sick pay for our employees. With that 80% that we're getting will be good. The problem there is that there's a lot of, there's, it's not forced 
right, onto the employees. It's, it's, it's given to us as a choice. We can choose to pay and collect 80% of income cover for our employees. We don't have to do that. We could just fire everyone. Uh, of course, we're not going to do that. But other companies have that option. And it's happening to people. And if that happens to you, then you're stuck on the £95 a fucking week that is statutory sick pay. Mm. It's, 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 um, it's just everything. I tweeted the other day. I said, retweet this if you could have solved the coronavirus economic crisis in half an hour. And you really fucking could. Write some blank checks, force everything to close down, mobilize the army to stop people traveling around and infecting everyone. And, and just test as many people as you can. That's it. But a bing, so simple. I mean, yes, but there is a definite middle ground between, you know, nudge theory, herd immunity, steadily <laughs> escalating to scold theory, and then, I don't know, disapproving looks theory, or whatever the steady escalation <laughs> Boris we are, wanted to do. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now at severe tutting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a difference between that and army on the streets, though. And that's important, because you can do stuff like proper sick pay by the government for people, even if they're just suspected of corona, without having to actually get, you know, tanks on the streets kind of level of uh, shutdown. But they're not even no. doing that. They're literally People trying are... to counterpose military intervention or do nothing at all. Um, well, and... And, sh- and also sh- clearly showing that, like, the most important thing is to just like, keep the consumer engine running at all costs. doesn't matter if we kill 20% of them. It doesn't matter. Just if the stupid pyramid, you know, if there's one wobble, the whole thing collapses into dust and they know it. And they know that the only alternative is exactly as a shade is close the businesses, have the state guarantee everybody's last income for the, you know, a blanket, no exceptions, no nothing up to, I don't know, a certain X number. Um, because, you know, obviously I'm not paying Richard Branson's whatever fuck he's worth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just do that until this thing is seriously over and they will never do it because it nope. goes against every single fundamental concept they've ever stood for. Actually, you know, I've been thinking about this and I've just realized, Seb, you've explained it. You've hit the nail on the head. Like, it's, it's you know what we've been saying, or oh, what if it's like a eugenic strategy? What if it's incompetence? It's nothing like that. But just handling it in the most British way possible, which is when you see someone doing something they really shouldn't be doing, you kind of shuffle your feet. You kind of look at, you know, your fellow you know, Britons and kind of there's a lot of tutting. There's a lot of, oh, I can't fucking believe this and all this kind of stuff. But no one actually does anything about it. That is the British approach to pandemic response is dinner table disapproval writ large on the nation. Well, mixed with some really weird sort of atavistic attitudes of like, yeah, we survived the blitz, we'll survive this. <laughs> so Godfrey Bloom, the UKIP guy, <laughs> tweeted. <laughs> because you couldn't fucking catch the blitz, Godfrey. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't cough V2 in your face. I would if I could. Imagine if, imagine if it was the Luftwaffe, but really, 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 really small. And they were everywhere and you couldn't see them and they would fly up your nose and they would shoot up your lungs with their machine guns. That's maybe yeah. getting more to the fucking... <laughs> we will fight them in our respiratory tracts. We will fight them in our nostrils. <laughs> and we shall never, ever breathe easily again. <coughs> I kind of... Uh, well Elijah demonstrating that there. Like, I, I like to imagine... I wish some of these fuckers could actually catch the Blitz. Just them specifically. <laughs> 
just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they're out on the street at night and it's like, you know, it hits sundown and they go, oh shit, I've got to get home right now. What is it? I've caught the blitz. It's, it's really bad. <laughs> and, you know, one of their mates at the table who's also caught the blitz is just sitting there going, nah, it's over. It's, it's just, it's fucking overrated is what it is. And then he fucking explodes. <laughs> Godfrey Bloom would just send the Luftwaffe packing with a rolled up magazine like a fucking geriatric Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> but I have been. Oh, I mean, fuck. one of my, one of my. I mean, there's so many. There's it's such a rich pickings of like this thing really is showing just the worst sides of capitalism. And quite frankly, you know, many people before us, many people have said, um, but like <laughs> many other people, but we also have said many times that this is a terrible fucking system. And we, when we were doing all our election shows, it's like that, ladies and gentlemen, there are really like severe underlying structural fucking problems that we need to deal with. And, um, you know, we were poo-pooed away. Jeremy, Jeremy Corbyn was poo-pooed away and told he was crazy. Sound is the same thing. And, you know, like I, I am going to use this fucking crisis to talk about politics. We were right. Yeah. We were 100% fucking right. The, Fuck you. The fucking Telegraph had a headline saying the Tories will need to adopt socialist policies. Like, in the Telegraph. It's nuts. Yeah. I think mm. when this is over... That's, that's Wasn't that um, Rick, Pritchard Evans, right? He used to... Yeah, he's a cunt. When this is over, we're going to be in a very different environment. Globalization yeah. is not going to work the same way. Western countries might be a bit more bankrupt than Eastern countries. There might be a hegemonic power realignment, a bit of a shift, but we will have an opportunity to rebuild. And uh, no one should forget who was acting the massive fucking cut during this particular period. No, and it's going to be a sight to fucking see because I guarantee you it will happen. Top of the list all is these pricks. Top of the list is Gal fucking Godot. Sorry. Yeah, yes. Oh, thank you. Um, but the, it's going to be a sight to fucking see to watch Boris and Robert Peston and Beth Bridges at, at Sky because they've been fucking dreadful and all these people and Richard Branson. The moment this thing is over, the moment that we've shown that state power can actually achieve things and pay people's rent and do all kinds of things, how fucking quick they are going to try to like crack down on and say no that never happened you know oh yeah this like, was an extraordinary circumstance you go back to paying your extortionate rent to live in a fucking shed in london yeah that this is gonna be you know sort of the second the vaccine gets a rollout program people are gonna start screaming about the debt again for instance you know never oh, mind yeah, that yeah, it yeah, yeah. been completely off the radar not important for well potentially a year 18 months still and yeah. there'll be sort of no additional negative effects and indeed essential for keeping the economy running but no somehow we'll have lived beyond our means again during the middle of a pandemic when everything's shut down and we're fighting to keep the best memory hold this thing so hard it's gonna gonna, be a fucking sight to see they're gonna try to but here's the thing here's the thing that's starting to worry me a little bit that's actually getting me kind of thinking this pandemic is showing which states are failed and which states are still states it's showing which yeah. states have been totally hollowed out. Mm-hmm. Just be, they have no responsive capacity at all. They're politically, um, economically, from a command economy baseline standpoint, um, financially, they're just it's showing which states are just completely shot, completely gone, versus which ones still have some capacity for volition and action and all this kind of shit. 
there is a non-zero chance, and it's small, but it's there. There's a non-zero chance that Britain might be a failed state by the end of this, because mm, yeah. we're on we're on it, track. It, it, to... it already was. It was just sort of creaking along. Well, yeah. Well, this is the thing. The managed decline looks like it might actually be going out of management, so to speak, because yeah. we're on track to overtake Italy in terms of just how bad it's going to be. And Italy is at a 10% death rate as of today, was what I've been hearing, which is terrifying, right? So can you imagine Britain, where 10% of people are all fucking dying, right? Where yeah. we've not been, you know, people are out on the street because the government yeah. hasn't bothered to do any kind of economic intervention. And people millions are hungry. of people are trying to live on 94, 25 a week. Yeah, like that is no shit actual revolution territory. And yes. uh, at the same time... Like, does the government, have we seen evidence that it actually has the capacity to do any kind of clampdowns or enforcements after they've been hollowing out the police and the military for years uh, and years and years? If, like, they're having trouble keeping pubs shut yeah, right now. If people are asking, well, if people are thinking to themselves, the government can't, you know, keep people off the streets, the government can't stop people from traveling, it, it's useless, the army's too small, the police are too small, they, they, they can't do anything... That will translate very neatly towards, aha, well, they also couldn't do anything about this other thing then that we might want to do. If after 18 months of government subsidizing lost incomes, people might start to think, wait, why can't we do this all the time? Yeah, exactly. Mm. And if we have a summer like we had the summer of riots, if we just have a slightly warm, temperate summer, which we're on track to have, by the way, climate change being as it is, yeah, then... You know, can you imagine those circumstances of a London riots, but the background is that like 25 to 30% of the population is out of work, is being underpaid, like in terms of like crisis payments, and has and just 5% watched... of them are sick as fuck or dying. Yeah. Or, or we have got through it by like peak is in June, so we're talking July here, we have got through it, and they've watched one in 10 of their mates all die, one in 10 of their family all die. Like that is like, you know, this, this percentage chance is small right now, but by God, if the government isn't trying really hard to increase that chance every single fucking day of inaction. Hmm. I mean, I was thinking about this earlier today and I guess sort of the big, in terms of European, like massive game changing stuff that's happened um, just in terms of, uh, you know, uh, sort of class power dynamics and things like that. We've got... Uh, the Black Death, which absolutely ran slaughtered through most of the population of uh, Western and Eastern Europe, and indeed permanently like changed the dynamics of feudalism at that point because there there were so few peasants able to work the land that suddenly the lords yeah, had the to start trying to um, trying to attract them. So it wasn't so simply uh so horrible yeah. to be a peasant anymore because you could literally move your lord you you move a couple of you know miles often to different lords land say all right i'll take a plot if you can give me something better than my current lord and it actually worked so there was almost the creation of the well not quite labor markets because you're still in the feudal contract but there was a a way of actually the labor power or the power of labor rather basically increased because of that then I guess yeah, you're talking more yeah. like the second example, the French Revolution, where it was simply just, you know, actual fighting for liberty, egalité, fraternity, fraternity, whatever. And they have, I mean, it, 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 there have been what I've found really extraordinary, and, and then we'll get on to Gail Gadot and a whole bunch of cunts who need to really fuck off forever, um, is, is so many people, I mean, like 
Boris Johnson being the PM, you know, you would expect him. But like all various types of, of absolute pricks just being out there like, oh, you know, who really matters and who we need to reward. Um, <clears throat> what was that cunt's name? Hugh Laurie. He did it on fucking Twitter. He was like, uh, once, is it, once this is all over, uh, we should really buy all the emergency workers and doctors and shell stackers uh, like a, a nice drink. Oh, They'll yeah. have really uh... deserved it. And it's just that, it's that no, uh... they've been the, the underlying basis of the whole thing from day one. You know, like th- those are the people who make the, 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 the lights go on and, and the show run. It's not some landlord. It's not some asshole hedge fund prick in Mayfair, you know. <laughs> At the end of World War Two, they had to invent the fucking welfare state to reward the soldiers. I think yeah, that, that's why that happened. Clearly, there's like there's two things. Uh, I don't know if people have seen a tweet, but there's a tweet going around in the UK where a guy going, "I've got a letter saying I'm an essential worker and a paycheck that's contradicting it." Essentially, yeah, yeah. so you know, everyone is beginning to become increasingly aware of how bullshit this is. The bullshit jobs have been pointed out because they're all working from home or gone. Yeah. But the other thing is to go back when you're talking about the French Revolution. Right now, France has got one of the best kind of social responses to this in terms of benefits they're giving to workers and all the rest of it. And it's because Macron has had a low-lying insurrection going on in his streets for the better part of a year now. Yeah. The, the riots have well, just and been... he's terrified of Le Pen, which he fucking should be. Yeah. So that's all been rolling on in the background. And now we find out that the reason Boris started this lockdown shit is because Macron, oh, yes. Macron called him up and went, okay, listen, either you get your shit together or the entirety of Europe is going to yeah, blockade you and keep tomorrow. you out yep. because we don't want to get infected by what you've got simmering there. And it's like, Macron and them, they see this shit coming for what it is and they do not want Britain to like fall over and essentially this shit give a shot in the arm to the you know yellow vests in France and it to spread from there. They, they are aware, they see it coming. But Britain, you know, Britain's run by old schoolboys who just can't for the life of them quite comprehend just how no. fucking precarious the world is for no, them. No, no, no. Like, I mean, I mean I, I've, it still shocks me that anybody thought Boris would be a credible manager of like a, what would be have been a lot of like bureaucratic process of Brexit, but like, you know, these guys, Boris Johnson had, you know, had you said, I wonder if any polling was done before the election, like, who do you think would be the actual best leader in a crisis? And I wonder if, how many people would have said Boris. Well, quite a few, actually. I, um, I, I think he yeah, would have polled quite worry. highly, like, just yeah. for that sort of question. He still would have done all right. Yeah, he's like Churchill, isn't it? Well, yeah, just, yeah. you know, he, he already was PM, so there's that bias. And then just the whole bigging up. Yes, of course, he'll be fine in issues of blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. they might not necessarily that... have thought it if you said, would you have, would you trust Boris to reassure you in the event of war, <laughs> flood, <laughs> pandemic or whatever? Then Ju- you might have started seeing a few more people break away. But I, I don't know. There's a thing in the UK of a lot of people thinking that, you know, the sign, the mark of leadership is a posh accent. There's like this fucking boot filleting, let alone licking kind of uh, attitude that's woven into a large part of society. And if we get one thing from this pandemic, if we don't get revolution, I'd like to at least see that fucking broken. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, on the other hand, like so many people, you know, again, uh, uh, fucking Robert Peston's been standing out to me in the last few days. It's like the majority of the media is working in overdrive to again stick all the herd immunity everything will be fine bullshit down the memory hole 
um, and you know, just saying, oh, you know, he's just following the science, you know, right? Like that, that he's being once again presented by sources in Whitehall, and like I'm literally doing air quotes, uh, as being a, a competent leader, and it's just, yeah, Rob, like the- extraordinary that the the the, the the servile nature of so much of the press. Excuse me, They're Rob. lining up to blame this on uh, Dominic Cummings and uh, Valance. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, like, this is not a case of the king being poorly advised or having bad advisors. This is something that Boris basically... Uh, the best-case scenario was too stupid or too lazy to really comprehend entirely. And uh, as even, like, the worst case was that he... He vaguely had an, an understanding of what herd immunity was going to do to yeah. the population and thought, yeah, that's fine. We need to keep the economy going. That's the important thing. Like, this is on his head, no matter what level of advice he got. Because the best advice they were offering was, well, there's a range of options. And this one, you know, preserves the economy, but then is quite risky. Or, But we think we can handle it. Or we can do the lockdowns like the other countries, and then he picked the risky one. That yeah. is the best case scenario for him, and that's it's the, showing his priorities. It's the it's the emperor has no clothes, but also the emperor is a nudist, like straight up. Um, <laughs> Rob, did you by any chance make a Twitter account called Roberto Pesto? I did not. I no. should have, but no. give it a follow. I make the news. I know asking the questions. I'm like the bambino. Um. <laughs> Unreal. And, yeah. Speaking of unreals, there's another thing I caught today is that apparently, uh, you know, Foxton's, the, the real estate agent pricks? Um, the the handmade courtiers of landlords, yes. Yes. They have literally said um, uh, to like people who are currently living in a house or an apartment that's being sold um, <clears throat> by Foxton's, they've literally sent out an email saying um, uh, that like, if the landlord wants to come by with people, so to, to show the apartment during the crisis, which is like fucking irresponsible in the first yeah. place, they've literally said, um, if you're self-isolating or even if you have coronavirus, uh, this this is a glitter quote, this should not interrupt your landlord's plans to sell the apartment. What you should, of course, do, if people are listening, right, you can do a little bit of direct action here. It's quite easy. Just like steam up your bathroom, stand in it for a bit, get all sweaty and like damp, right? Maybe <laughs> maybe get some flour and like dab it under your eyes and on your cheeks and uh, uh, shove a toothbrush down your throat a little bit and then you, you just go to the door and just start hacking all over them um, when they show up. Yeah. <laughs> don't pay the rent. You don't... No. What are they going to do? Are they going to come around and fucking get coughed on? Tell them you've got symptoms. Don't pay the rent. Just don't fucking do it. Cancel your direct debit. Cancel your council tags. Don't pay it. It's fucking stupid. Tell your landlord to fuck off. Absolutely. So comrades come rally. (laughs) Just do the direct action part. Don't wait for the government to step in. I'm fucking furious that, that eviction is still legal. The fucking UN has been recommending us to make evictions and, you know, rent collection actually illegal for the time period. It's yeah, actually, happening. that's something important to clarify, that while the uh, the government action last week was to halt uh, new evictions, it was not to prevent current ongoing evictions. So there's mm-hmm. definite risk that people will still be evicted over the coming weeks and months as this stuff grinds through whatever Left court process exists. Left out on the exists. street in the middle of a crisis with no roof over the head with the... 
if at best a universal credit of ninety four twenty five yeah. a week, like I, we yeah. need to be ready to and mean, defend one another. Uh, and meanwhile, and I do want to give a special shout out to this fucking prick, uh, Richard Branson, the part at least part owner of, of Virgin Atlantic, has sent home all his staff. Um, on unpaid leave for eight weeks, and those guys were not being well paid in the first place, um, has now said, oh, I really need a government bailout to save my <laughs> fucking airline. Can I airline. get seven billion pounds, please? Uh, it, uh, while sitting on, you know, multiple uh, uh, private uh, islands, wealth coming out of his ears, it's just, I, you know, three and a half billion US dollar this guy's fucking worth, you know. Yeah, he can cover that staff for those weeks. He for can literally a pay for his staff percentage out of pocket of his total worth. He'd still be yep. a millionaire, probably twice over. Compare that to the somewhat more decent billionaire, people, sorry, like yeah. uh, uh, Gary Lineker. I think is turning his hotels into hospitals. I uh, don't think that was Lineker. Uh, no, no, that was. I don't know. I don't know about football, but that wasn't Lineker. It's the crisp guy. No. <laughs> Well, there could be two crisp footballers, I guess. But Who am I thinking of? It's a... Not does, Gary Lineker. The, the fuck does Gary Lineker? <laughs> <laughs> that, like, but like, I just I find it so fucking extraordinary. Uh, uh, Jeff Bezos has as well said, "Yeah, we are offering Amazon people eight weeks of unpaid leave." It's like you could almost fucking literally give all your employees five hundred thousand US dollar off the bat and you wouldn't notice the difference like you could still drink the blood of children or the live long day it's it like was, uh, it was gary neville it was gary neville and ryan Giggs. that's it yeah okay so Sorry. important question does gary neville have a crisp connection <laughs> um i mean he's, he's this is not an important question <laughs> <laughs> this is not an important question <laughs> right how are the monster munch spokespersons doing during this time of crisis <laughs> Um, shall we talk briefly about what we can do and what you can do at home and how you can help vulnerable people in your area? Yeah, that's I probably a good use. Might be a nice way to end on. So look, we were talking about not paying the rent and about possible evictions happening earlier. Be prepared to defend vulnerable people in your neighborhood. Join a mutual aid group. Uh, let people know that you're ready and willing to help them if they do have eviction problems. Uh, if it's a human chain, if you have to go out in front of their house and just do what you can, I guess. The important thing, though, is just don't necessarily... Well, if you have to, do this by yourself. But ideally, do not be just one voice against this. Like, yeah. just in terms of rent strike, um, there is stuff being trying to be organized by London's rent London Renters Union and another campaign by Acorn around trying to get the actual you know rent suspensions for this period so that uh, there there's not this kind of individual arguing with your landlord but a, a proper collective response and so if, yeah you can you can get people to do that human yeah. coughing chain not at your uh, front to <laughs> the, the bailiffs or whatever chain. um but um, even if you're even in then, Scot if that's not the level of organization, if you want, yeah, trying to organize stuff with your neighborhood is entirely possible. I literally just printed off uh, 200 little flyers with basically my name, um, my telephone number and saying, are you worried about coronavirus? Worried you might be, you know, vulnerable during this time or would like to help? 
please contact me. And I did it a couple of days ago and sort of like I've had, yeah, sort of 10 people come back. So that's like 10 mm-hmm. people in the small neighborhood that we all now can get to know each other, help out with the everyday stuff. Like if people are self-isolating and need shopping, um, can, you know, battle loneliness for old people that just absolutely can't see anyone. Um, and then, yeah, if it comes to it, th- actually start organizing and campaigning around the more collective issues like uh, rent strikes and uh, anything else that comes up like in terms this of this has pay. happened yeah so. i mean I, within two days of pubs starting to shut in my city we we immediately had like three different groups for mutual aid for local things and it's just people saying i have a relative they're 85 i'm stuck in a different part of the country could someone please go bring them like a bag of groceries or something and it just happens. It's great. You can easily do it. You can use Facebook, use the internet. Uh, as far, if you're interested in rent strike information and you live in Scotland, I would contact the Living Rent Campaign and you can uh, tweet uh, tweet to Gordon Maloney on Twitter. He'll love that. Um, <laughs> go tweet at Gordon uh, or, or just look at his profile. He'll have loads of information uh, on there through his tweets. Uh, but yeah, the Living yeah. Rent Campaign and in England was it Acorn? And, and yeah, Acorn's got a few branches around the country, um, so they will be useful probably for a lot of people. And then there's London's Ren- London Renters Union. Sorry, I don't know why I can't yeah. say that. But um, and obviously they're focused mostly in London. They're slightly different campaigns. Um, so you take a look at both yeah. and then see what actually you want to do. I think Acorn's is primarily focused around trying to get sort of top down legal change, um, but they are still a direct action group. So they will help out on an individual basis. Yeah. And I'm less certain about what the London Renters Union uh, campaign is in general. I would like to give a special shout out to all the other self-employed people who have no idea what the fuck's going to happen to them. Yeah, um, exactly. I think we're, I think we're able to get SSP, the statutory sick pay, via universal credit but I have no idea. The website hasn't updated to reflect any of the changes, so I'm just applying and crossing my fingers. But um, as as a, as a musician, as a performer, as an entertainer, um, a lot of places are setting up virtual concert groups on Facebook and other um, live streaming um, places. So you can, uh, if you miss the pub, if you miss socializing a bit, you can easily find somewhere to join like a a sort of chat roulette type thing or like a live group chat or, or <laughs> so the less penises, more less musicians. Penises, more music. on chat yeah, roulette. We, we, uh, I launched a group uh, on Friday called virtual concert Scotland. Uh, we did our first week gig last night. We had two sets on for about 35 minutes each. We had uh, one person uh, playing guitar and singing, taking requests on the stream and one person playing some trad tunes on the fiddle. Uh, it was lovely. It was great. The, the videos are there. If you if you look up the group, you can find it. Come and join. I'll be trying to get as many people on like every night as I can. Um, it was a bit like it felt a bit like being in the pub for a couple hours. It was really nice. Uh, had a couple of cans. Was chatting to other people. Listening to music, and just getting a bit drunk. And uh, I'm going to try to do something similar for Eurovision. <laughs> because that's Ooh, a, isn't Eurovision cancelled? I mean, in, <laughs> in in terms of in terms of health things, like I'm sure the people who listen to this don't need the advice, but please no, take yeah. it. Like, please take this shit seriously. Like, no, don't fuck around with it. Go out if you have to. 
it's keep do the, the social distancing thing sounds stupid, but it does make a difference. Wash your hands, like and and watch a couple of videos on how to do that properly, because like it's it's more involved than you think it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you have elderly relatives, for the love of God, if you don't need to come visit them, don't visit them. Like that's really don't, hard. Yeah. I know, but like you know if you are doing mutual aid got... support for vulnerable people then you need to be very careful around um obviously just what you're actually giving to them so that it could literally be a step-by-step -step trying to wash everything you buy wash the bag that you're giving yep. to them in level I'd, of um sanitation I'd... before passing it on to them and then if you're doing any more um sort of group organized stuff please be careful with the details as well, because there's quite a lot of scams, you know, trying to sell fake uh, COVID-19 tests and stuff starting already. One weird trick, viruses hate her. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and also it's just like a general thing, don't panic buy. Like, please it, the, don't panic buy. The problem buy. Is, is not like, I don't think our listeners are the type of people to be no. like, oh my God, I need 20,000 rolls of Lural right now. <laughs> it's just like- <coughs> I will beat back the virus from my town and roll fortress. <laughs> no but it's more like you see other people doing it and then you get into this sort of secondary effect of like well i might as well buy an extra roll because everybody else is being yeah. a moron you know you mm. think well maybe the virus won't shut down food production but these fuckers might make it impossible for me to get anything so i might as well don't fucking panic by my god yell at people who do shame them shame them R ring the bell and tell them they are shameful people and should be ashamed of themselves um, be extremely fucking nice to to like delivery people and and shelf stackers oh yeah. and you know I agree with you there people who are actually making fucking society run because yeah. they are working their arse off right now. Someone was trying to make the point though that like except for like weird cases like literally panic buying all of the toilet roll. Um, I was in a <laughs> corner shop today and I, I stop attacking me. <laughs> I, I was in there just doing a, like a regular little shop and then there were genuinely like toilet roll hunters coming in and they got really disappointed when they got told it was only one purchase each for toilet roll because they were hoping to come in and raid this corner shop by the looks of it. Man. Very weird. Yeah. But generally speaking, someone was making the point that the, the volume of purchasing, um, I mean, this may well turn out to be like just preliminary figures too early before the panic buying started, but... There, there seemed to be like a, a substantial increase. That's why we're seeing the um, the actual shelves being empty. But it was more of a case of just-in-time management being overstretched rather than there being like genuine shortages. So yeah. there was more, more sort of isolated oh, yeah, yeah. Um, scarcity rather I don't than think... being whole systemic um, knockbacks. So basically, just calm the hell down, people. That there is enough for the time being. There's not going to be shortages. The warehouses are fine. We're still making the food. It might get boring for a little while, but it's still there. You don't need to panic buy stuff. Personally, I'm just hoping that the entirety of Britain hasn't suddenly remembered that veal is a thing. Uh, so so <laughs> I'll be able to go to the butchers and just get like all the veal for myself because no one else wants it. Um, Monster. Well, not all in one go. I can't fit all the veal in Aberdeen into my fucking freezer. But um, you should be going outside for, I think, one of these three reasons. And that is gro doing a normal grocery shop, going to the GP if you really need to, if you have a medical emergency. Otherwise, stay the fuck at home. If you have a fever or the flu, just stay at home. Take paracetamol. Don't take 
Um, yeah, if your boss is being a cunt, talk to your colleagues yep. and like organize in your office to tell them to shut the fuck Take up. Take any excuse you can to stay at home for work reasons, for whatever. Just really, really try. And the third reason is for your own mental health. If there is no one else on the street and you can go somewhere isolated, like a park or, you know, somewhere a bit out and you want to stretch your legs and get some fresh air and get out of the house for a little bit for your own sort of anxiety management, you can do that. But stay, stay the fuck away from people. Yeah, I mean, uh, just just as a point of comparison, um, I'm in Switzerland with my fiance now, and and we'll stay here for as long as this fucking thing lasts. Um, in Switzerland, the federal government has, uh, I think, yesterday banned all public meetings of more than four people together, and if you're caught, it's 350 Swiss francs yep. each, which runs to which is about 300 quid, give or take, I think. At the moment, in Italy, they had to arrest uh, like, the guy who was out playing Pokemon Go, yeah. and they fined him two hundred euros. And, and that, like, the, but that also well, that's includes crime children. Like, ignore the emergency <laughs> laws. <laughs> Pokemon also, go the fuck uh, home. <laughs> yeah, stay. But like that also includes children and like kids as well. It's like no, they don't have to. Like, if, yes, it sucks having them in the house, but no. They don't have to go on a play date with eight. Oh god! I was yelling at people about this and was told to calm the fuck down because it's not my kid and I'm not a parent. I'm like, what the mm. fuck? He's been in a school mingling with other children who were all carriers of disease and germs. It's a fucking living petri dish, and you're gonna walk him out on leash, take him to the fucking pub. Oh my god! There's a there's a playground right outside my flat. A playground, and- more like. Yeah, exactly. I've just been hearing kids constantly playing in it during the them being like away this weekend and for the coming weeks. And I'm just I'm sitting up here in my in my bedroom, which overlooks it, and I'm just thinking, Jesus fucking Christ! The whole point is to keep them away from each other, and you're just taking them to the play park where they're smearing their snot fingers all over the climbing frames and all this shit. You fucking morons! I know it's hard, but you have to just keep them away. You gotta keep them. We separated. might actually get some angry like responses for this episode from parents. I think. Ah, fuck them, parents. Fuck them. Fuck them so hard. No, nah, but it's yeah. I mean, none of this is going to be easy. None of this is going to be fun. Speak for yourself. I bought five new games from CEX before we, this whole thing started. I'm sitting at home. I'm fucking great. Um, I know, I'm kicking myself. I was standing in a, 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 a shop and I didn't buy uh, the Baldur's Gate written oh, new editions. I'm so, so stupid. If you're stranded at home and you're feeling lonely and you're not a nerd like these fucking two, then... Just listen if, to this podcast on repeat forever. And if that's not enough for you, if you're really struggling, then join up, join up to Twitter and strike up a conversation with at Wizard Cubes. Uh, this he's a he's a trained counselor. Um, he's very good in you know he's he's got a wide variety of interests. He's a very talkative man, and I'm sure that you know the, the conversation that will ensure you'll feel just a little bit less lonely, a little bit more connected with a fellow human being. At Wizards yeah. Cubes, that's that's the way to go. Yeah, there are now three of us sort of monitoring the actual uh, Praxis uh, cast pod bit as well. So. Yeah. yeah, and you can play a game at home. See, see if you can figure out which one of us is tweeting incendiary, libelous things at any given moment. <laughs> yeah. It is an outrage, by the way, that I have yet to receive a fucking password access to that account. But by <laughs> yeah, the way, there are yes, outrage, outrageous, Ab- absolutely terrible, it total is, outrage. It is must be corrected. Yeah, it is legit anti-Semitism for the one Jew <laughs> with a Twitter account 
because Ben doesn't use Twitter to not be given access to the fucking podcast Twitter account. I am serious about this. Oh, it's going to get suspended. Uh, <laughs> so suspended, so hard. Okay, um, should we start wrapping up? Uh, I want to briefly tail end a little parenthesis of something delightful that's been happening in, in the US. Um, on the one hand, just a very nice positive thing. Bernie Sanders has redirected his entire campaigning network, all his donors, all his donations. Uh, he's he's, re he's redirected them to uh, donating to frontline organizations and charities that are dealing with some of the worst of the crisis. And I think in two days, he's managed to raise $2 million um, mm. for on the king ground. Kingship, absolute kingship. Yeah. The man yeah. is just the de facto king of America. That's pretty much uh, what's good, what's happening to him while Biden hides in a grave. Um, at the same time, uh, the funniest fucking thing to me, at least, it's a bit gallows humor. But uh, Rand Paul, famous, yes. famous for famous for arguing that socialized libertarian dumb shit. His big thing is that socialized healthcare is slavery. Because you can force, through the government control, you can force a doctor to treat you. And that's slavery. Because that's forced labor. Well, that dipshit has the Rona. <laughs> so. And the saddest fucking thing is because of his Senate health plan, because of his status in the security apparatus, because of all that stuff, one of the people, and I'm not going to say this likely, but I do sort of mean it, kind of deserves to die from this, will be absolutely fine. I think a lot of people kind of deserve to die from this. To be. So can I, right, we're, we're ending on a downer note. Can I Can I give you a I vision of the future that's uplifting? Could I, Could I? am I allowed to do that? Yes. Yeah, but I thought people dying from this who deserve it was plenty uplifting. Is that just me? Well, the problem is that Rand Paul probably won't. He's got some of the best healthcare in the world. Yeah, but oh well. project your mind forward. Project your mind forward to something that Seb has touched on in passing. Imagine after the apocalypse in the blasted wasteland, the hollowed country that was once known as England. Picture <laughs> the noble toilet roll hunter moving across the plains. He's clad in the bags with which they are packaged. He carries a spear made from the tubes. They honor every part of the toilet roll <laughs> as they hunt them down. This noble savage will reclaim the throne of Albion one day, but not for a long time to come. But at least until then, his arsehole will be polished to a mirror shine. I will be crowned king of the Wastelanders because I have mastered the quadruple fold. <laughs> so King Arthur appears out of the mist again, and then just the, the, this the, is the lady of the lake holding up a loo roll. roll. <laughs> no, you're, 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 you're missing it. King Arthur appears. He strides across the plains, and wordlessly, the tribesmen follow him. He arrives at the sunken pool, and from the depths, a hand stretches out, extending a sword made from toilet roll. <laughs> He takes the tube in hands and turning, he surveys his people. He sees in their eyes the wordless question and he says, yes, yes, you are the herd and you are immune. It's all okay now. It's all okay. <laughs> and on that lovely note, a, and note. <laughs> a dream of a better world, 
that's it for tonight, ladies, or whatever the fuck you're listening to this. Um, stay home, stay safe, stay healthy, and, you know, keep listening to the emergency broadcast of the Podcasters Praxis Network. The only thing that will keep you safe. Uh-huh. All right. Good night, night everyone. everyone. Well, goodbye. See you next time, whatever it is. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Remember to follow all relevant Cheers. medical advice. I will yeah. never log and- off. <laughs> and follow us at, at PraxisCast before we all get banned because we're already shadow banned <laughs> that's why we haven't gone viral just yet <laughs> we're not allowed to say viral anymore yeah, that's, I, that's I, just I, not, no, no, that was not a loaded word. term <laughs> we're going to need to invent some new words people like, yeah. okay, we can right, get well, on that during we'll our previous time inside but yes thank you everyone for listening um Goodbye, goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Thanks again. Bye. fucking ending ever <laughs> yeah that was I mean we were seconds away from having to take that out and shoot it to be honest like that was <laughs> pretty much <laughs>